Life is hard in the city of life. Animals trying to survive. Love is hard in the life. I just want to feel alive tonight. Tonight I am an animal. There's a few songs that we wrote. Yeah, that's a good song. Oh. Girl, I'm gonna see you tonight. On that soccer field. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do a big kick. Go around you, girl. Big kicker. Big kicker. I'm gonna do a big kicker. I'm gonna kick the soccer ball to the sky. Ooh, baby, baby, you better say goodbye. Cause if I'm gonna kick that soccer ball, it's gonna be a big kick. Big kick every time! <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot in that song. It's a good one. Do you have the other one? Pulled up. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, we are? I think so. We were recording? <laughs> so yeah. we, okay. You gotta pull up the song. You got, I just want to hear some of the lyrics too, so let it play for a bit longer. There's something really 90, I mean, obviously this song was a 90s song, but they don't make songs that sound... Part of the song he gets pulled over, and the second part he sees a circus. Oh, and then we'll. Good. The video for that was him just driving in a convertible. How bizarre! And he was really, he was really chill. I think I can't remember what nationality he was. I think he was like, he, maybe he was Mexican. OMC. Is that what it was? OMC. Yeah. It was OMC. You told me it was OMC. And I was right. That was how I needed to look for it. What else did they say? How bizarre! That was their. That's one. it. <laughs> 
Did you How go to the? Did you know I, they were OMC? I'm, I asked you that today, and you're just like, you just knew. I'm. Uh, Who the fuck is OMC? There's something about my mind that catalogs pop culture and music and songs and things like that really well. I've almost thought every once in a while, I, or I talk to uh, one of Lacey's old managers or whatever, and we were talking about how I might be a musician and not know it. I'm really good at memorizing songs, and I, I think I see images and stuff, but sometimes I hear sounds and things, like when, when I'm using my imagination, yeah. I'll hear sounds. Or what, in dreams, I've heard songs. She makes some music. I gotta play an instrument first. Is this light really bright? <laughs> Turn it down a bit. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I don't need that much fucking light. It was really bright in here. That feels that's good. Nice. That feels more like how it, how I feel that's right true. I'm so tired. <laughs> Holy fuck. We're gonna see how long we can Yeah, this might this be short. For. We'll see. The, the direct quote from Tosmo, I, I don't know if he was exaggerating, but he said it was the most exercise he's ever done in in a long time for as long as you can remember I think it might today. have been the hardest I've ever exercised so that's does a that bold, mean that's a does that mean that but the funniest part is that is it because you were doing so many strange things like at the skate park you would skate for really long periods of time yeah that's true so were you, were you, was your body but in not better, like was your body in better skating shape because you possibly. skated park all the time yeah maybe for if Maybe skating the park all the time consistently, but it was transition as well. True. Yeah. How many of how many like, well, how much of it was flat pavement? Like, not that there was there was impacts today, but there was like, it was jarring. Yeah. Lots of jarring. And lots shit. of like, constantly different weird body positions. Pretty much like, every single. Your body's just like, what are you doing now? What the hell is this? Like constantly surprising your body. That they say that's the best way to work out is to constantly put your body into yeah. shock. I'm really, I feel really tired right now. Or it was when we actually sat down on the Sky Train after, and I just, that when you get up, like when you take that first, you get up. Oh, when I like lean down, when you finally use your legs after they've had a rest, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Although apparently I've had, been called, like I have old man syndrome. I just exaggerate when I'm sore. Oh, yeah. I'm a baby. I like to exaggerate. I'm actually not that. I'm pretty tired. Well, a lot ha a lot happened. A lot. I had to take a lot in. I, I find that just, like, the city in general is really tough on my uh, well-being. When you're not, not used to it, there's a lot going on. Yeah. You're facing, a, like, a lot of challenges internally and externally. We both openly admitted to being uh, really self-conscious yeah. when we when you start at a spot. It's fine once you get into it, but like actually when you're strapping in and there's like so many people walking by, you're trying, you're placing thoughts in their head. And I said that they could be some of the nicest people that you've ever met in your life, but yeah. like there's certain dudes that you see who look like cool, cool, quote unquote, like cool who you just think are judging you and they couldn't be at all and we even said even if they're like smiling watching you it could be a good thing so that's do you think that's normal that we yeah we both admitted to being like only at the start kind of subconscious at the beginning because you're are you putting pressure on yourself um well you're just you're doing something really bizarre 
out in out in the pub out in public, and you're doing something that is not um, like it's really out there. It's not something that, yeah. Especially because it's rollerblading, makes it a little <laughs> yeah. bit weirder because it's just a weird thing to see like people do. But I, on the flip side of it or whatever, there was a t- like a talent agent came up at one point. Yeah. Today I'm really overthinking. Let me just I'm gonna stop right now. <laughs> Go back to what I was talking about because I was overthinking there big time. Big time. Big time over Big time. I was doing exactly what I was doing at the spot. It's the beginning. So you just gotta start. You just gotta start. Yeah, that's what it and was. And then you break on through. Yeah. Hopefully. I think everyone can relate to that, though. Is like, and it's not even self-conscious is a really, really broad term. Like, yeah. people, if you were about to do a huge stunt and you like look over, oh, I haven't done a huge stunt in a long time. But like I'm sure people can relate to it. If you were to like jump off something and it's downtown and there's like people that are looking up at you, it really messes with your you you just have to try and block it out. It's so hard. Yeah. Isn't that like an athlete thing or whatever? That like the they talk about like in boxing and fighting or whatever, there's so many mental things that take you off your game. Any like, distraction. There's almost like an athletic focus that you need to do any activity. Yeah. Like a hyper focus, which you get into once you start going like the juice level Chris Happy called it or whatever yeah it's called different things or whatever it almost seems it almost seems like if to contrast like being in a stadium doing a sport where everyone is is there to rooting watch you rooting for you <laughs> rooting for you or it's they're there to see you yeah. so it's different than going just out into the world where you're not really supposed to be doing what you're doing and people there every day aren't used to seeing you doing that so you're there. thinking about that so it isn't, it is bizarre, and, and, uh, so, like... How bizarre? You, how bizarre? <laughs> <laughs> like, when people walk by, it's, it's, it's possible to, to be distracted by them, to just get a weird vibe from, because, you yeah. know, like a business person, like, going into his place of work, and you're I out know. there, like, doing, like, I apologize today. You're, you're a weirdo. Did you are a fucking weirdo. I've been trying to apologize to everyone, like, if they You get... apologized a lot. <laughs> like, even when you, like, weren't even doing to anything to anyone, just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just to get in your way? I, I just try and, like, have a, have a smiling face and be like, sorry, yeah. sorry. And, like, maybe if they see me smiling, like, saying sorry, maybe I'll snap them out of, like, that one guy or whatever, he came out of the door and we weren't, like, totally in his way because we were... I, did, I just don't think he expected when he opened the door, like, you don't expect a bike or a rollerblader to, like... And I wasn't that close, but I came back and I was like, hey, sorry about that, sorry. And his face just said, yeah, yeah, you better be sorry. Like, you really, you really scared me, buddy. Can't you give me a little bit of credit for even just coming up and acknowledging that maybe I would have bothered your day? Like, I want to try and do more of that stuff because it's like, I don't know. I just want to turn the, I don't want to, I don't want to be thought of as a piece of shit, pretty much. Sometimes that yeah. you know, I mean, and that actually that's nice. the, that was the next point that I was gonna get to is that um, sometimes like I'm out like I you're taking you're taking off your socks or like you're at a spot and there's lots of people walking by and you're taking off your socks and like I'm airing out my feet and I'll like 
do something like smell my skate and be like, oh fuck, or like have like sweat on my hands, and, like just in my mind I'll be like, man, I'm just a piece of shit right now. Like I, I'm at, like, I sometimes feel like I'm at the low, like the lowest part of the city, like in terms of the city structure. I feel like I'm at being judged at the lowest level, like. But that's my own personal thing. Yeah. That like I'm sometimes feel like I'm judged as like a street person or something because I've got like I've got the backpack and the camera case and you stink. I probably stink, yeah. Especially yeah. after um, I was so self conscious when we were in like Ireland and Scotland when we would be on the bus. People fucking like smelled our skates. skates. They yeah. our skates fucking stunk, and I knew people could smell them, <laughs> especially rims because like. Something about the thickness of the padding, like REMS have been by yeah. far the stinkiest skates I've ever had. It's true, the liner's really thick and yeah. it just like and it's like holds the bacteria. But like mm. REMS the when they get broken in they get really good. Like the stinkier they are, the the more comfortable they are to <laughs> skate. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a very yeah, good market. If your REMS thing. don't stink, you ain't <laughs> <laughs> If your REMS don't stink, you ain't skating hard enough. You take uh-huh. your skates and you walk the, the fuck home. home. I always wanted to open up an edit with like, you're welcome to Kamloops, where if you don't entertain us, you take your skates and walk <laughs> the fuck home. It'd be pretty hard to find someone bad enough to say that and admit, have people believe it. Like, Wasn't he on a big set, like, before people had cell phones? He looked like iced tea, so, he had and he had dreads, a big cell phone. like, shades fucking tattoos. Do you realize like how many people top? got into skating just because that one guy said that one thing in that video? Probably, like, yeah. oh my god, I have to get into rollerblading. Look, this guy's friends with rollerbladers. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I, if I was friends with a guy like this, like, man, I'd be so cool. It's all about dick size. Either you got it or you don't. Oh, is that bio, the biohazard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's in Mad B. Secret of Life. It's about dick size. <laughs> Yeah, they were like friends with Biohazard. Like they were, were friends they? with me. <laughs> we're friends with Bio. We're in the tr- we were hanging out with Biohazard in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, the lead singer of Biohazard. So many we partied these with them. They're seen. so funny. And then the the do you ever, do you know that? So many things these eyes have seen. The one in uh, in Under Canadian Skies that I use. And it's like that one part of the song. These eyes have seen some shit. Go down. <laughs> really? Fuck. It would be fun playing that to like, to be screaming that to an audience of people. Wow. Like, it, there'd be a lot of power in like shouting that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, is Biohazard still together? Does that does that guy live? Like, does the guy like that live in an apartment like this? And is he married and have cats or whatever? Like, do you ever think about that? With a big dick. But we don't even know if he has a big dick or not. Yeah. He could. Maybe. We'll never know. The advice was good though. It is good advice. And he had that New York accent. I forgot about that. Saw both dicks. Either you got it, you got it, you got it, and you don't. <laughs> But isn't there that other thing? It's the motion of the ocean. If you got it, and you got, got the motion. it, you got it, or you don't. <laughs> Do you ever think about the uh, the most professional 
they talk about I think they talk about this in War of Art Alice Cooper was the first person who I or maybe it was one of the dudes from Kiss that talked about this in a really intelligent way that he just openly admitted to like I'm not Alice Cooper when I go home he's like I'm only Alice Cooper when I go on the stage yeah, he's like I'm a really Alice Cooper I'm a really <laughs> normal guy like with a life and everything but yeah. it's almost like there's people who employ themselves like they are they have a persona that they employ that doesn't cross over into their everyday life it's, it's a better attitude to have about it right yeah if you were to always try to be that guy on stage no in life or, too uh, yeah I mean uh, no always try to be the guy that you are on stage like all the time all the time life. people do do that I guess and they get really worn out do you think that there's people who like aren't fans anymore when like someone that they that they really like says something like that maybe maybe if they hold them up on such a high pedestal and they think of them as like a like more like better than human and then they find out that oh he's just a normal guy that's almost like built into us though hey when we're younger we don't see people or yeah. oh god what was it? it was a teacher like when you would see your grade 6 or 7 teacher doing something outside of class and you'd be like shatter your reality (laughs) they exist outside of these wait a minute school now that i can actually think of this person doing other things outside of being a teacher what is like you don't even know what it means yeah it's just really bizarre like wait a minute so my teacher goes grocery shopping (laughs) wait a minute what else does he do yeah, teachers are just regular people. Like yeah, these pants come off at night just like everybody else. <laughs> that was Mr. Skinner with the teacher in Simpsons. The Simpsons. Mr. Skinner, he's an awesome character. Okay, how you said you want to watch all the South Park episodes? Yeah, I got a lot. I want to watch more Simpsons. Have you ever just been like hanging out and you're like Simpsons is on? Some of the later stuff is bad, but like Simpsons is good. Find I yourself. Like I find myself referencing. Simpsons quite often still yeah. referencing I'll think about characters we already talked I, I think we talked about did we talk about the Simpsons we're talking about how awesome Krusty the Clown was as a character Mr. Skinner though it's a lot Principal of Skinner characters. it's Principal Skinner yeah so he said these pants these pants who's, come off at night just like everybody who's else. the teacher though uh, Mrs. Krabappel Krabappel yeah she's a good character too because don't, don't they have the a thing? They got a thing going brilliant. on? I think there was an episode where Miss Krabappel and Mr. Skinner didn't they hook up? She's always smoking. Yeah. <laughs> she just can't find the man, though. What a good character. Like, she's the teacher and she's jaded and she's always smoking. Like, that's such a great... I mean, you. I'm sure every person that went through school can relate to that character. They know a teacher that was like that or drama teacher yeah <laughs> the cheated like yeah who cares the there best part sh- about our drama you teacher you caught that shot there was during that time did I put that in? I think so there was a, a pep rally and the whole crowd was like doing a wave or like something and Joey caught on tape Miss we won't say her name but the <laughs> drama teacher like really unenthusiastically like putting her hands up like kind of mocking the whole thing and you caught it on tape that was amazing yeah. well, well, did you put that in the in the 
grad video? I think I did because what we were talking about earlier is that I, I, when I went for creative coaching, we figured out, like, I was just telling her kind of like, she knew a little bit about my history and stuff, but I was yeah. telling her like listing things about uh, like drama stuff and videos done in school or whatever. And like, I didn't realize that I've always pushed the envelope. Like there'll be a structure, there'll be like a structure that yeah. here's what you're, or, or it's like, this is a project that you can do. This is the structure for it. And I've always just found a way to like, without really knowing just like capturing things how I want to whatever like that was really inappropriate to put in that video but it was underhanded at the same time because I was making a grab video the camera was on all the time I caught her doing that yeah it was funny <laughs> so but funny. like in their world the fact that a student put that in like I don't know how that affected her reputation or anything like that but when you made that video, did you have to like show it to the principal to okay everything or what? I, I only had to because of the Christmas assembly. I became a what is the what's the that problem one? child? No, yeah, no, no. Blacklisted. There, I became a fuck. But like if in, if uh, someone's becoming a bit of a problem, they were keeping their eye on you. Yeah, pretty much. There, that I changed the like censorship laws within that school with that principal because of the Christmas assembly so they had to screen the video and the, there was two sections that got cut out the most famous thing was uh, Crystal putting her fist in her mouth which like that's another thing to take that, that out because she put her fist in her mouth the one that I like screened or whatever I think I was allowed to screen the full version yeah but for this this the version that went was for sale I think there was shit that got cut out, I think. Really? But when you think of, like... And she just put a fist in her mouth, and they didn't like that. But she was, like, in class. Like, there was, there was stuff where... This was really smart. I gave the camera... Because I'm... Like, sometimes if you're... You're, you're one person with a video camera, that there's other people that you can give the video camera when you're not around. Like, take this to your class, film some stuff for me, and just give it back to me, so there was different people have different ways of interacting with the video camera and like so I there was I would give it to people and get footage back and I'd be like oh my god this is amazing like depending <laughs> on what class it would be so that was there in an English class yeah and I think it was the fact that it showed people like messing around in class or whatever but not only that but one she put a full muffin in her mouth and she tried to say like something she put like a full muffin in her mouth and the best part about this is this kind of like is a thread through videos that we've done previously. There's things that are like, that almost seem like they are offensive, but that's like, it's not offensive, but it, it gets like a reaction yeah. out of people. Like someone shoving a muffin into their mouth and trying to say something is like, it's like juvenile and, <laughs> but it's really funny at the same time. Yeah. So it was the muffin and the fist. And what I was going to say about the fist is like, in our world, like, a fist going into a mouth at that age, there's nothing blatantly sexual about it. But I've always thought that I there's think something it was like, like... someone else's fist. No, it was her like fist. Guy's, if it was a guy's fist going into her mouth, then it'd be like, okay, no. No, it's just her fist going into her mouth, which <laughs> is crazy. Impressive. It's really hard to do. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm going to put that in. And then, <laughs> on top of that, like... 
the fact that she did it like in front of the camera like it, and it wasn't like anything like showing off or anything she was kind of a cool personality that was like always a joker and stuff like fun highlighted yeah. that. anyways so that shit got cut out i don't know if it's in the final version or whatever but yeah like i got in trouble for anything to do with video or drama stuff or the most trouble we ever got in well one i got my first effort mark that I got like an S. You remember effort marks? Was it in drama? It was in drama because I skipped half of a class. Oh my god! To go skate the mini ramp at uh, <laughs> Green Bay, and I told her. I can't remember what I told her. She found out that I lied. She was so mad. Oh my god! And then I got in trouble. I didn't get in huge trouble, but I effort marks. Like my parents would always be okay about getting like a C minus or whatever as long as I had a G because it's like well yeah. like as long as you looks tried. like Joey sucks at math and science but he's a good like he, he tries hard so I'll give him a G like a G the effort marks G for effort <laughs> made a big difference so I got an S in drama and that was like my first S was it G S or N N <laughs> so I got a satisfactory N is needs, needs improvement N's were bad like because you can there was people who would get like B's or B pluses or A's. You could get an A and an N. Like if you were just, I got a lot, I got A's, A's and S's, quite often. <laughs> Brilliant. Because I would, but needs an attitude I would adjustment. Fucking highest scores in the class and dicking around probably the most. <laughs> what that's great, probably what that's a great combination. So yeah. That's a great combination because like there's lots of kids like that who that are prick. He's such a dickhead, and then you mark his test like. It's all right. What the fuck? Who is this? Kid? There's lots of kids like that. There's kids who just, yeah. um, they're so brilliant that they actually don't fit into like the structure. I guess they have to go through the structure of school, but like, you just, you almost needed to be in like something that challenged you more, or like you almost needed to be in a different kind of school. Like I always yeah. think about. I'm glad that I went I to school that, that I, I did. Ambitious. But did you need, did you need <laughs> subjects and uh, work that would have challenged you a little bit more in a different way? Um, no, I was engaged. I wasn't like I wasn't one of those kids that didn't have to try. I tried, but I dicked around a lot. Yeah. But I always got my work done, and I put effort into like studying and stuff. I did a, I did the work, but I also fucked around. <laughs> Does that still exist? I took both. Yeah, take both sides very seriously. I put in the work. But I fuck around. I'll have a good time. I'll yeah, get it I, done. I think it's imp it's important to do both. Yeah, what, it you're is. always just gonna work hard and not no, have fun. because you gotta have fun. You have to. Yeah. But I, I, I worked really hard, and didn't get like, I felt felt like I was working hard and didn't get as good. I got good marks, but until like, grade eleven and twelve is when I got like my first kind of bad marks. Yeah. But other than that, I, I had in I was interesting. Thing. Like I, I didn't dick around, but I had that social side that came out every once in a while. Like I, yeah. if I got into a good conversation or needed to tell someone something, like I would get in trouble for talking yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. I like to like I had a socializing side, not as much a fuck around side, but a socializing side that got in trouble quite a bit. But what I was gonna say is the most trouble. I ever got in was uh, Randy and I 
he was making it. We were like, <laughs> Randy's always involved. In oh it. my Could god, get lots of Randy, trouble. yeah. <laughs> at, at your wedding, when the, the the truck was screeching up in the background, <laughs> and I knew it was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, as with Randy, we were director scriptwriter, so that was yeah. the class that we we used that class to we wrote and directed the Christmas. And crazy <laughs> to think about that we were allowed to do that. So it was you and like a bunch of younger students, younger drama students. A year younger, I think. They were grade eleven. So you two were like older. We were like teacher assistant. Like yeah. it was a class that I think Miss Thorpe came up with, and then it was like. We got, I don't Paul, I remember Paul, Paul Siggers and Jordan Marr or whatever. Yeah. Like they got to do that. So but it was me and Randy. Like oh God. I wouldn't have known going into it that that would have been like a discrepancy in the program to let Randy in <laughs> as well. But he was a good like he was actually pretty like his confidence because he was, he was confident really person. He was yeah. really good at drama. Like I, Italians, they can sing and they can do. Dra- uh, Italians are dramatic people. Like. Yeah. I guess they're they're good at drama. Yeah, like a lot of the best film directors are Italians, like foreign film directors from back in the day. Yeah, but we would mark like we would mark people doing monologues and stuff like that. So you had to watch the performance. It's a cool thing. It's like a cool thing to watch people do a performance and then critique it. That was yeah, great yeah. about drama. Cool. But he, oh, I was just on the verge of like. I could see him out of the corner of my eye and he had his like he had his paper while like someone was doing a really serious like monologue thing. He was holding a paper and I could see him like <laughs> looking out at me from behind it out of the corner of my eye and I was trying to keep it together. But it's like one of those environments where it's like really quiet and it's someone like doing Awkwardly, maybe like a like, like trying a, to like trying to do acting a monologue. And finally I just burst out into laughter and then had to hold it or whatever and then the glare that got shot by the teacher to me was like because especially I pretty much like I could keep it together a lot of time and she knew that I could keep Randy in check as well like that I could we could I could say once in a while like like you were the more responsible yeah yeah so the fact that I finally cracked that was like the biggest talking to I ever had from a teacher because isn't that, isn't that like because it was like it wasn't even related to the work it was the fact that we were disrespecting someone who was up there performing and yeah, we exactly. were the teacher assistants like that was a lot of responsibility and the fact that like she took a chance on us to do that and then not only that and then the Christmas assembly but famously <laughs> she the Christmas assembly was more a battle of became a battle of censorship within the school where I think sh- the drama teacher took both sides. Okay, well, why don't you th- you uh, tell what happened at the Christmas assembly? Have I not talked about that before? I don't think so. Um, so in this same uh, directing script writing class, this, the Christmas assembly would have been after this. Sort of, so we got to write and direct an entire Christmas assembly from scratch. <laughs> And if you ever get a chance to, like, I think of Rushmore, you know, like, the character in Rushmore that puts on, like, the big shows. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to put on a show, this was... I think of, like, Waiting for Guffman. Oh, yeah, that too, Waiting for Guffman. 
my my sister and I, she always like quotes waiting waiting for Guffman's an amazing it movie. Is. I have to see it again. I haven't Holy, seen it for a long that time. That is a good all, the, the trilogy of those movies, there's Best in Show, Waiting for yeah. Guffman and the Mighty Wind. They're all like mo- amazing mockumentaries or whatever. Yeah. But we got full creative control, which if anyone tells me that, like I'm gonna take advantage of it. You and and, and Randy is there too. And we have this entire class of students like to our advantage like you can write something I can see why directors are crazy people like the more the more control that you get over a motion picture and the more uh, relationships that you get with actors and stuff like so you worked with the actors and like went through scenes and you're like uh, no like kind of worked with them like we we wrote it first say this kind of this way we wrote it first and there was people in class that you would have like in mind for certain parts or whatever some people we didn't know what it was going to be like you don't know if this person could play this part or whatever and like the the students like designed set pieces and like it was like we were a team that put on this show and not only was it full creative control it was like before Christmas holidays, it was like the last thing that people people were fucking people stoked were gonna, to people like were two weeks off. so stoked to have Christmas yeah. holidays, and every the entire school and Packed into all the, gym. the teachers yeah. and all the teachers, yeah, were gonna be there. And so it's not really that funny in retrospect, but in terms of what we thought was funny, like in terms of movies and television and your your idea of what's funny at that point, there okay. It was we took, funny. <laughs> there was like, we took like, Santa was the only thing really to do with Christmas in it. Yeah. And the story was that Santa was a fat black bearded. We took the white beard out of it completely. Italian. Gave him a black beard. He was Italian <laughs> and he had chest hair and he lived in an apartment building <laughs> I don't know if it was he in the was North really Pole. He was really trashy. He was really trashy. In the opening scene, there was stuff where we pushed the envelope where, like, it, oh, man, we put, like, bikini photos on the wall, and there was, like, the opening yeah. scene was Crazy Train yeah, by Ozzy Osbourne. Crazy Train. And, like, how great is that when everyone's <laughs> pumped up? And like, it's Randy. <laughs> because, remember, we listened to a lot of, like, stuff goes in. We listened to a lot of Ozzy Osbourne with Randy. Like, yeah. Greatest yeah. hits with us. So... <laughs> And the opening scene was, um, oh man, it was Crazy Train, yeah. and the set was, there was two apartment buildings side by side, yeah. and there was a little girl, or <laughs> not a little, there was a girl yeah. on the other side. Wow, we, there, we really pushed it, but the opening scene was him listening to Crazy Train, and the very first thing that like wasn't in rehearsals that Randy pushed the envelope in the performance so the funny part like we did grow stuff like he had a hot dog stuck in his beard and he cut it out and ate it while listening to Crazy Train but after he did that he licked his hand he he licked his hand and ran it down the body of the bikini poster on the wall and that was within like the first 30 seconds but the opening scene to to there was two things that really we got in trouble for one was that there was nothing Christmas about it at all. Okay, but no, explain the the, the story plot. Okay, the, sorry. So he lived in this apartment building, and um, the girl that lives next door is always mad because Santa's like playing loud music and yeah. really trashy and stuff. And then it turns out that uh, her later on in the play, 
her mom says this poem, "Twas the night before Christmas," but we changed it all to sexual sexual innuendos, and then at the Oh yeah, he planted his seed in my fir tree. Long story short, Santa's your dad. Santa's your daddy. (laughs) And then everyone, oh! (laughs) And then, oh man, and there was a part, okay, and the other thing, we got in trouble for that, like the content. But the other thing that we really got in trouble for, and this was like, this is where censorship is really interesting, is that, like, Joel Gook, Joel Gook, yeah. Well, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say his name. But <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't matter too much. Joel, who uh, later came, came out of the closet or whatever, but at that time, like, no one really knew or anything. I, didn't, I wouldn't have known, but he was Ricky Martin. Remember there was that music yeah. video where there was that, that really funny part? It was for, She's all, she's all I ever had. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah. And in the music video, it was like a woman pouring like a melting candle on his chest. And he was like, ah, in the video, yeah. like sitting in a chair. I was dressed as a girl and he was oh, doing yeah. lip syncing to that. But I had, I didn't pull, like I had a skirt and a tube top on. And the tube top was below my nipples. So, yeah, yeah, but I, I and I took, this. I took cream. I took like, a, I took like Vaseline or, or like. Oil, like no, like yeah, like body lotion, and I squirted it on his shirt and was like rubbing it with the tube top that was like below my nipples, and like teachers were just having like fits about. (laughs) So it was very sexual and very like trashy, trashy and (laughs) performance-wise, like we got, we just got away with a lot because everyone loved it though from well, my well, perspective yeah like every all the, all the, the, cra- kids, the like, crowd laughed was a hit really enjoyed it yeah <laughs> remember but like there was no rules as to like the principal and everything had to trust the drama teacher yeah. that it was fit for and the drama teacher always drama's about you know pushing the envelope and stuff <laughs> so i think after that they had to like screen they had to do a performance for the principals to think it was okay or something like that, but... Holy shit. Yeah. So you got in a lot of trouble for that. You and Randy? Um, you have to write a letter or something? The principal, there was uh, the female principal, there was the female vice principal, was really mad. <laughs> the male principal, who was actually a pretty cool dude, the dude who yeah. like rode it on the bike, he... Yeah. He, it was really good, because I remember like... This is shit that, like, you gotta... I wish I could write into a movie somehow, but it's really hard to write the nuances of how I see it in my head. It was pretty much, like, the principal sitting down with this is like, okay, he... They let us go for Christmas holidays. We didn't know that we were in shit. We had two weeks off. I remember being in the car with him, and we, like... We were, like, giving each other five, like, yeah. With Randy. It was a hit. Like, our our show was a... (laughs) Our show was a hit. Like, we probably went... I don't know how... We probably, like had a Christmas, I don't know, we probably like drank or something, or drank, we were uh, just like, maximum ice or yeah, maximum ice, <laughs> we, we thought we got like, not that we got away with it, but we thought that we weren't in trouble or anything like that, and we came back, and I just clearly remember sitting down with the principal, and it was just like, the classic, like, you know guys, I just, he was like, I don't know what to do about this, because he's like, he was talking about that, some teachers thought it was okay, and some teachers 
were really offended by it. And it's like, so there's all these teachers coming to talk to the principal, like, that we needed to be punished. But almost, he was almost like, I've never, like, I don't even, he was just sitting down with us, like, I don't know. This he is was trying to be, like, yeah, he was like, trying to explain to us why people were mad, but he didn't really know what to do with us because, like, there was the drama teacher, so she had to sit down with us. We got in trouble because she got desensitized to the content and didn't think about it as the large picture, and we kind of, like, pushed her a little bit more, I think. And you, you did some stuff that she didn't know about exactly, like... There was a few things that we got in trouble for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That... It was, but it was like, to bring it back to what I was going to say, is like, it was like a, it was a fairly open structure that there was nothing, there was, there was no specifics going into it, like that, there was nobody telling me, or Randy. Christmas Assembly, put on a play. Christmas Assembly, put on a show. All right. We did, (laughs) and in the end, we didn't get in a lot of trouble, but I remember with that one teacher, because... They, they came to us, like, you hosted shows. Yeah. You hosted, like, the pep, pep rallies, rallies and, and stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you get that gig? I, oh, fuck, my memory isn't as good as yours. That's why um, I need to, like, start writing more stuff down, but... But, but how, I remember that someone would always come to me and say, we need you to host the pep rally. But who would that have been? you're just really good at announcing stuff so that and this is what we were talking about yesterday i have two points here one is that um we were talking about how we both want to do like some form of stand-up comedy obviously my thing might be more i want to do stand-up eventually but I would, there might be an improv group in camps and i want to do Man, more like fun. that that drama side i've always wanted to do that more so yeah. you have like a performance side in you and people not only you weren't even looking for it they came up to you and wanted you to do it yeah so but how I just don't understand. I wish I could remember exactly. Well, I had a history, I guess, with just like you. I had a history with um, being in performances. Like I did TLC in grade eight, which I think I have that tape, and I still haven't found it. it. Yeah, with Randy. Can you tell that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're with Randy. Yeah. Can you? We dressed up as as TLC and sang waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls. But you actually. And sang. We, we sang, yeah, we didn't lip sync. And, and people thought that we lip synced it because we practiced it. Randy's uh, sister. You were the lead singer. I was the, the lead singer, um, sang most of it. And we we were dressed really good. We looked hot, like hot chicks. <laughs> so we were both, we both cross dressed yeah. in performances. And <laughs> I think we, we won. But that. Did you. Oh, was there two categories? Yeah, I think. I can't, can't remember the categories, but we won our category. We did. Win. I hope I can find that tape. Yeah. That made me think of another thing, but I'm just gonna bring it back because we got selected even after the Christmas assembly incident. We wrote, we wrote the grad, yeah, the, the grad, grad show, uh, but it fashion was show. the grad fashion show, but it was definitely toned down because Mrs. Bart, the teacher, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I already said her name, but the teacher. Um, she she was on the side of not enjoying she was offended I think by she appreciated us like we still ended up writing the stuff with her remember we would meet her 
after class and stuff for the fashion show yeah and we yeah. would write it yeah and I think Angela was there too yeah Angela helped us write it <laughs> that was a really good the... I got in trouble for that one because I had a suit there was a scene that I did with Mason and I was wearing a suit from one of the suit stores in Canada. oh and you had the big and it was like an $800 suit and we were doing this scene where we were like Starbucks yuppies and I had this massive latte that was just a like a massive bowl filled with whipped cream. Yeah, yeah. And me and Mason were doing this thing where we would laugh at really stupid jokes and look at each other like, oh. And, <laughs> yeah, then, was... and then like slam our faces into the bowl and of you whipped got cream. It. So we got it all over our face and of course all over the suit. It's the classic thing though because, <laughs> yeah, and you had to buy the suit. Well, they were trying to oh, make they... me, but then I somehow you got, got, away. got away. You with didn't it. have and to I buy the suit? I didn't have to, no. But, but, yeah, it was it because was it was the classic thing of performance that you might turn it up an extra little bit. Like yeah. when it's the final <laughs> performance, there's an energy there, and it's like you've probably slammed your head in, and or like. Well, we had never actually practiced with, with the, whip the whipping. Cream. It was always without the whipped cream, so we got like the big. Which thing is good to finally. And of course, like, it's going to get all over the suit. Like, what yeah, the fuck yeah. were we thinking? But I guess we didn't even like consider that. You know, you're just stoked on doing this scene, and yeah, we went overboard. <laughs> It was a funny ass. It's crazy. So we always <laughs> did performances and videos and stuff through high school. Yeah. We always did. Yeah. That was like the funnest times of high school. So naturally that I always talk about how that element made its way into videos. Yeah. After but also your And I wasn't even in drama towards the end, but I was always in You were always projects. in the projects. <laughs> <laughs> that that hip hop video. <laughs> Do you know Okay, I saw this this drama teacher later on later on in life yeah. at, the, at the central on St. Patrick's Day I can't remember she was amazing yeah, seeing were you there? yep remember she was like she was drunk and she was just like oh you got what are you guys doing? you guys were always going to be famous you guys were always going to be famous what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? like oh you guys are going to be famous you guys were going to be famous I always thought you guys were going to be famous I like, remember her saying something she was really drunk oh I just and got said it. something to you like um, you guys are going to do really well but Joey next time next time be better with the money alright and I just remember you I think you were really confused like yeah okay okay what did she I don't what, even know do you remember her saying that no did I <laughs> I remember her saying something it's, like, it makes sense like time, I need like, that Next what, what, time, be better with the money. With the money? What do you... What? <laughs> I think Miss Bruce... And Miss Bruce would always make these comments about us making all this... She thought we were rich. Because we were making videos. Be better and with the money? Thought, so, like, did she think that we made a lot of money off yeah. of the rollerblading videos? There was, a, there, was this, there was a period where I think there was a few people who thought that. Was so bizarre. I guess because the you, other sports were. They have a DVD. Well, no, I think because the other sports were big, big. It could have been like the thing where people think that it's skateboarding or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but what else did you say? Uh, I just got back. I just got back from Vegas, drinking every day for three days on the plane. It felt like my eyes were gonna bug out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was gonna bring it back to is that at that talent show, this is a really good memory. Drink some more. Mm. That same one, we were in grade 8. So, when you're in grade 8, you're 14 years old? 15, 13 years old? I was you're incredibly 12 and then 13. 13. You're incredibly impressionable <coughs> in anything that you experience. You're, or you're just trying to 
fit in. You you're just, just wanna, well, you're trying to you figure find it out. Place. Yeah. You're trying to figure it out. And I it's told scary. You. You're going, there's big kids, and there's a lot of pressure, and there's drugs, and there's girls. I told someone the other day that I, I still got picked on. Like, in, in minor, there were still scary-ass dudes. But yeah. thankfully, there was my sister... I had a certain placement where I had like safety nets because who Plus my sister was. Plus, you were friends with Rocco. That <laughs> but saved her ass. I had Rocco. I had my sister. <laughs> we had Randy. Who yeah. we had like some of the ins where yeah. we would have gotten Key a, we was, like tortured otherwise. But also fucking dress up as a girl. Hockey like, was man. a rite of passage. If you were yeah. a hockey player, you were in with like your it spread a little bit. So like instantly there was people that you could hang out with that you played yeah. hockey with or whatever so then there was also the rollerbladers like we had a pretty tight like we had a pretty good crew that was pretty safe for the most yeah. part like yes. okay and I'll tell you the story in a bit but do you remember the bo- the bo- the box thing that you would get thrown into <laughs> yeah yeah Okay, so there was like these carpeted blocks in the student lounge, like wooden Big wooden, blocks. wooden blocks that were really easy to move around. <laughs> they were actually pretty cool. And remember the student lounge kind of stunk, like it was, it was kind of dirty and gross now that I think of it, because it was yeah. carpeted blocks and like people spilled pop and stuff. But it was the student lounge. We had a student lounge. A student lounge. So they would make, Weird. they would stack, they like the bullies or whatever. <laughs> There was this thing, and like, it could be ruthless. Like, there wasn't that much supervision for student breaks because the teachers would go to the, like, staff room. the staff get room, the fuck get, out. get a, like let, God. let the wild animals do their uh, hierarchy business <laughs> or whatever you would want to call it. They put the, they put two blocks side by side. So these blocks were ha- like, to paint a, it was like three. Each one was, was like like two, two feet, and a half, three one, feet tall. Six feet. Yeah. Wide. So they'd make a box out of it where there was like, you could stand all around it and then you could close people. Like, they would make a door and throw grade eights into and it and just hold them, them there. <laughs> <laughs> and just trap them there. <laughs> and like, you would know some, like, kids, sometimes you would walk down the hall and, like, I don't, we didn't get thrown in, but you would watch, like, you would be in grade eight and you would watch other kids, like, get grabbed and they would try and struggle and get away and finally they just have to give up because they weren't strong enough or big enough and they get thrown in and people would be like ah. remember the gauntlet the gauntlet oh my god all the god. big kids would line up on both sides of the hallway and then just kids would come through and they'd just fucking push them and back there was, and forth it was a wall of people so every time you got pushed to the other side someone else would push you yeah back and forth and then there were always like Fights like some of the kids would try to fight back, and they would just get ruined. Yeah, because they got ganged up on. Yeah, like man, a lot it was of pretty hardcore. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, like Sahali was Sahali was hardcore. Apparently, was hardcore. yeah. Like when we first went there, it was hardcore. It, when my sister went there, hardcore. yeah, there there was more. Um, I don't know who made who uh, instigated martial law or how it got toned down, or there if was kid, like riots there was kids and got, like. There was walkouts, there was riots, there was no fires. There was fires that the people would put all of their a garbage can on fire. Not only that, but at the end of the year there would be like 
the pile of papers, like people would throw all of their stuff into a pile in the parking lot and light it on fire. <laughs> Such a good thing to do. <laughs> they do that in Dazed and Confused, don't they? I think so. Or no, it's like it's probably them cleaning up the their... That's, a, that's the best high school movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah. what was the follow-up one that we were talking Apparently people say Superbad is like the 90s version of a high school movie, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. I might have to watch it again. Yeah, I watched it. It didn't have that much of an no. effect on me. I think it was, like, it was entertaining and good. Yeah. I don't really remember it. But to bring bring it back, I don't know how I thought of the... Oh, because I was like 13 or 14. Yeah. But in that same talent show, I got to see like... This is where sometimes I think I might be a musician, where I'm so affected by music. Um, I got to see John Matters Band perform. Yeah. Talk about pushing the envelope. He, he was, was wearing doused, a dress. He was wearing a dress. He was doused in blood. There was skulls on. There was skulls attached to the the microphone, and everyone in the band looked really badass and cool, really? like really he had, scary. He had pig written on the back of his dress pig in, in like blood. Red. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it could have been red, but it looked like blood. Yeah. I remember it was like, I still remember the song, it was like, it had like a part that was like building up, and I was like, I'm getting shivers just thinking about like, yeah, I was transfixed badass. by it, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah. And I remember just being like, yes, 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 like, yeah. this guy is like, awesome. like, hitting an emotion that I didn't know I had, like, yeah. oh my god, yes, thank that you was, for, that like, was fucking that badass, absolutely blew that. me away, like, that was the first, it was seeing live music that affected, not only was, I never really, I pr- probably knew, we knew about Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff, but in terms of like, they weren't that great of musicians, but they were doing it. Like, it could have been probably my first... With a they, lot of passion. A lot of passion and a lot of energy, and they yeah. were getting out this emotion that I hadn't seen and doing it in, in like, a kind of a structured forum or whatever. Like, I was blown away by that performance. I'm surprised yeah. that I didn't start a band or anything, but, like, I remember that so clearly as, like, my first... Uh, the first time I saw, like, a performance, but, like, my first punk rock I don't even know what it would be and that was like I went to more shows after that river but the power of live music not only that but someone who goes to your school who he had a presence every time he walked oh, around like yeah. he was he was a really interesting person really because he was like a, the goth kid but he was not like bullied or anything because he, he was like pretty scary yeah and he he, he commanded respect but he was he was he had a presence he was a lead singer of a band like he yeah. was before I even knew he was in a band you'd see him walk down the he halls he had badass. a he had a fucking presence yeah. like I wonder what that guy's fucking doing now yeah I don't Jesus. know Jesus I think Jordan might know I told because the last person I told that story to was Jordan who plays in bands and stuff like I told him that story and he got really and his stories about like how he got into, it's always cool to find out how people get into music yeah. and like what that song is or that show that is a crazy that's probably on tape somewhere but I just remember the rush of emotion that I felt yeah holy shit I still get that that's like such a good feeling when you're at a good concert it's like a feeling that you can't get anywhere else like seeing live music 
is one of the best feelings sometimes. Totally. Totally. It can be so, it makes you just want to do lots of different things. Yeah, it gets you stoked it gets on life really pretty inspired, much. Yeah. Stoked on life. You get like a high or whatever. Like yeah. you walk home. I remember walking home when I lived closer to Main Street. I would walk home from shows and just have like this high where I felt like I had a different consciousness or something just yeah. from witnessing live music. Yeah. <laughs> Deer Hunter. I was kind of drunk. Like I was this guy, but I didn't care. I had to do it. Like I. They opened. A, probably told you the story but the people whoever's listening haven't they opened for this band called the ponies and it was when deer hunter was the deer hunter that everyone no i'm not saying that like oh i saw them before <laughs> but there was before like anyone knew who deer <laughs> hunter was i really liked the album a lot cryptograms and they were opening for a band so they weren't even headlining and it was at richards on richards there was like 20 or 30 people there there wasn't many people like it was empty yeah. and I was like I drank a few pints and just same thing like same emotion related to that I was just fucking blown away by the show and after the show I like went up to the I don't do this stuff normally but I was so blown away that I just had to like share my enthusiasm for the performance and I was like that was amazing you guys you guys that was like really no like, the kind of drunk I mean like Seriously, that was really good, and they were just sitting there like, thanks. Thanks, man. Like, they were stoked. Yeah. I, and I was like, you know what you guys need to do? You guys need to ditch the ponies. The opening bad. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be opening for bands. You guys need to be the main band. And they were just like, they were kind of laughing at, like, my openness, but, like, I was just like, you guys got to ditch the ponies. <laughs> you got to ditch the ponies. Get the ponies sucked, too. <laughs> do you even know the band, the ponies? Don't know. Don't want to know. Do they even sound like a band Fuck that you the want? ponies. <laughs> The fucking ponies. I have the pony. The ponies. It is kind of funny, but it doesn't... Deer Hunter or the ponies? Who do you want to see? Deer Hunter opening for the ponies? (laughs) Deer Deer Hunter Hunter and then the ponies. (laughs) Come on now. Bradford, same thing. It was... He was trying to get a reaction out of people. He wore... He... Bradford. The lead singer of uh, Deer Hunter. He would come out with a hood, because he, he's a very, he's a big tall guy with that, I don't know what that disorder is called, where you're really skinny and, really skinny and your body grows too quick. <laughs> Tallness? You, no, no, it's an actual, like, you've seen Deer Hunter play. Yeah. He's like a really tall, thin, like he has some kind of disorder, like his bones grow too quickly for the rest of his body. Tallness? So he, he stands in the corner too much? No. What? Anyways, <laughs> we'll cut it. We'll cut it off quick. <laughs> um, he he would come out in like a hood, hooded sweatshirt, and yeah. like weird khakis or whatever, and he would like sing for a, a couple songs, and then in the middle of like one of the jams, he like would take off the. He has like his body is, you know, in the Aphex Twin video like that that body that is really thin and yeah, yeah. he has a body like that so he would take it off part of the song and then he was in like a dress like Kurt Cobain and like oh. John Matter too yeah. that in terms of a guy wearing a dress it's like 
Bradford always talked about in interviews. He doesn't do it anymore, but he said he was he wanted to provoke a reaction. Like yeah, that's yeah. what Kurt Cobain did. Like he was just using that forum to like. Arlo did the same thing. Like people that just want to get a reaction, like pr- just provoke some kind of knee jerk reaction. Yeah. But and through having that physical presence, it makes your performance a certain way. Yeah, like. It's, it just and it could make it more fun than yeah. Lots of people grow out of it. Like a lot of people yeah. end up. He grew out of it, and I'm sure like anybody who's like being too wild and crazy or whatever. There's like a certain thing that you tone down. Like yeah. Like we could have gone skating today in dresses, but it, it sometimes it just just <laughs> did it. It distracts it. It distracts from like if you're doing something that kind of over. People might say like oh. It, at that band that where the guy wears the dress or whatever like yeah. if you just take that out then it focuses more on the music yeah, exactly yeah. I just thought that was interesting that I got the same feeling from that performance and it just so happened he was wearing a dress as well dress, yeah. but it was Kurt Cobain who did that who Kurt Cobain did? yeah he would wear a dress for performances crazy yeah he pushed the album man it's too fucking bad that he killed himself <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad when anyone kills himself, but especially yeah. someone who's like. Wouldn't it be cool to see the evolution of him as like a musician? Yeah. Because like, I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan, but Dave Grohl turned out to be incredibly successful in like whatever term you decide. But like, there's a lot of good Foo Fighters songs. Yeah. So I would have loved to have seen like the evolution. Yeah, of if Kurt Cobain had been like a Tom York type character, where he just went on and on and made like just tons of music and into his old age and really changed as a like he would have evolved I, and became a different oh person man, and, I love seeing the evolution of yeah of artists like people who there's like people like um Scott Walker and David Sylvian and Talk 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 their band Talk Talk like yeah. they were a new they were like a new romantic 80s pop band and then they ended up making these like the record company just went how the fuck are we gonna sell this? Like they made these two albums that ended up influencing like Mogwai and they've influenced Radiohead. Like Talk Talk influenced so many bands that we listen yeah. to today. But when they made these albums, like nobody bought them unless you really knew, like unless you were really listening to it. Like these long songs that barely had structures, but they did. Like, and they actually took the idea of like they listened to a lot of jazz records and stuff, but they like actually took the structure of the song of a song and changed it, and like the record companies didn't know how to sell it, and like that was them. They evolved like yeah. you have to. That was seeing yeah, that evolution that was a, is so that was amazing. A product of them totally evolving and going through a lot of changes as people and as musicians, and like Kurt Cobain had such an impact just in those early years of his life like um, yeah imagine if he would have evolved and then just been like i don't need to be all like depressing and, and or whatever and do this rock shit or, like he could make a crazy experimental type yeah thing there's lots of people who do yeah. that and they lose they 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 yeah uh, or sorry they keep fans people who go they lose a large portion of their fan base and they yeah. might lose sales but they're being true to some feeling or vision that they have for their music. And then yeah. they, they gain different fans or their fans grow with them. And they're, yeah. they're like, they, these people will open up their fans' minds or whatever. Yeah. David Sylvian's another one. Like, he was in an 80s group. And, like, 
just ditched like a big pop group from London or whatever and then he just started making really arty like instrumental albums with ambient passages and weird lyrics and if you ever watch interviews with any of those types of people like people who ditched the fame and the money to just pursue like an artistic direction there there's always like little nuggets of wisdom from people like that I don't know it'd be interesting to see that like in skating people do I mean you know the first thing you think of is Chris Farmer but no. it's so silly and stupid it's not the, it's not the same Latimer. thing he just, he just changed his clothes Latimer is the only Latimer version. is really yeah he's, he, he evolved but then stopped but his influence but, like in terms of how I said that Talk Talk album influenced a lot of bands that were like started being like okay they're doing these weird like song structures or they're experimenting with this and then they started to they may not have even have popped up until like seven years later like they didn't even people couldn't even wrap their head around the yeah. album until much later so Dustin Latimer the little tiny bit that he left behind he took like his two word sections he literally just took everything that was familiar about his skating just took all of that shit out and just replaced it with all this other stuff especially the second section that was the that was the only I mean this is kind of bold but this that's the only section where there was a genuinely new every single trick in that section <laughs> yeah. was something that you had never seen before and I re clearly yeah. remember watching that video I'll always remember this that I didn't even understand it I didn't even understand his skating yeah. until like two or three years later and then something clicked and I, I actually started like looking a little bit closer at some of the tricks I didn't even realize like what he he was doing I was like the the dude in, or the kid inside of me that grew up watching skating in a certain way yeah. didn't even process what he was trying to do until later because I was judging that section from my traditional it's the same thing like this is a pop song this is someone playing with sounds and ideas in kind of a structure it was like yeah. those two things and then you realize like oh wait a minute this isn't even the same thing as what I thought skating was and like I'm so surprised why did that section not obviously like <laughs> we took that influence and took it in a direction that like I took a lot from that from my own skating but yeah. I came out how I came up like it's not well, I, I'm I not, was I'm never not. even I always would always say oh I'm not a creative skater like before <laughs> that's such a funny term anytime anytime you say the word skater it sounds funny but I I would always say no I'm not as like you were like you were creative on your skates I was just like I, I, I was into doing like solid solid airs and solid grinds and I was I could do stuff I had pretty good style but I didn't think of myself as like innovative or creative but after that section, that was when I started to do more like weird yeah. kind of stuff. Our interpretation of that for the first of all was really funny because we couldn't actually... <laughs> it's not that we weren't good at skating, but we just... Our translation <laughs> of that took a little bit to like come about. I talk about yeah. how on old tapes there's lots of like tappy, stolly stuff that like we just did not... 
It's not that we, we didn't, didn't get it. We got we inspired. Didn't, we we really didn't. didn't have like very good terrain. Like we were going, hey, going that, in Kamloops. What? That is the biggest <laughs> excuse I've ever no, but, heard like, in my life. We can we can do really good stuff on the terrain now, but like trying to do the the types of stuff that Latimer did. Yeah, because what like, year was not, that? Two thousand two or something like that. Words. Yeah, like two thousand. S words. Swords. The like Latimer section was amazing, but a lot of the stuff was done on really nice, like really like objects that we didn't have in Kamloops. It was like Arizona, like big banks to walls and like interesting, like rail setups and like really interesting. A lot of it was like really interesting. Yeah, that's true. But like there was shit that you could have done in Kamloops. Like yeah, like that one thing. I still can- I cannot figure this trick out for the life of me. Where he does like a hand plant, he jumps over a table and does a fakey three and places his hand down. Yeah. And something about the rotation, like he was flying through the air. He needed the table, it needed to be on a slant. The table needed to be on a slant. Whoa. It, he couldn't do it on flat ground. It was something to do about like, he was doing a gap, but he needed the table to be at a certain point and he just placed his hand down for a second. It wasn't a hand plant. He was literally flying through the air, grabbed his weight just for a sec to like, level himself out yeah. that trick was like amazing that didn't even it, it was like five years later before I was like wait a fucking minute yeah. that trick is crazy how do you even do that I remember just kept watching it watching it watching it the other one was the um, like you could have done this trick in hell, but no one can do this trick where he did a peyote spin to like outspin royale where he like he the thing that I was that I can do a little bit where yeah, like yeah. it's a med spin into it's like it looks like you're doing a alley porn for a sec, but then you lift up your rolling foot, and then he somehow like I, he may have rolled for like the last second, but even then like who who does that shit? No one can even do that. Yeah. Who Kevin Yee did like in that bonus edit? He did one of those and then did a royale. Like he did that and then did a royale, but Latimer actually jumped off of the foot Fuck. that he was cess sliding, and then the double tap nine hundred. Over a hump, he does a peyote tap, and then as he rotates around, he taps again, and it's like he was I think the first one time I I watched, tried to I watched that trick like over and over, rewind, play, re- and trying to figure out what he did, and I couldn't even figure it out, dissecting it like watching it over and over. I was like standing up trying. Okay, he's got his he's spinning to his left. He's got his left foot there, and like. It was so hard to just figure how out did he what even, he was doing. How did he think of that or whatever? I would love to pick that guy's brain just to, f- like, if you just sat down and, like, slowed that section down to seven minutes and you got to, like, ask him about how he remembers thinking about some of that stuff. Yeah. And the last trick, like, the very last trick in the, in that section where he does the hand. Like a hand plant, what? The hand slide. To the oh yeah, hand slide, hand slide 360. That no one's really explored that either. Or sorry, Frankie, Frankie kind of does stuff like that. Yep. But like that trick was like avant. Actually, Frankie's are really sick over fly boxes. He does. He'll like do boxes. yeah, like a flip. But thing. I've never seen like I've never seen it. He Latimer did it up the bank. He slid on his hand up. Yeah, the bank any 360. <laughs> And his skating and quality, uh, I'll always... He he's kept going in that direction. Like, he ended up innovating a lot of shit even after that. It's too bad yeah. that, that 
what I always think of, that was the first time I thought of, I learned that skating could be movement and not tricks. That was like, he was doing, he was like a man that came from the future (laughs) that was like, I'm going to do these crazy movements and this is what skating is going to be like in the future or something like that. I don't know. It's, he was like, people can choose to make skating anything, anything that they want it to be. But, and he was the biggest name in street skating and he put those sections out and he lost, like how I, the thing that made me think of that is like, I'm like, an artist evolves or whatever, an artist or whatever you want to call it, whatever medium you do, you can lose, you can alienate so many of your fans. There's people, there's... They love you for doing a certain thing. There's so, like, no, I only like, I only like Coupe de Tat era Dustin Latimer. After nice. That's like, there's people who love Talk Talk, like, they that hate those later albums and love the earlier albums. Yeah. It's like, it just depends on the person. <laughs> That's it. I'm yawning. Are you tired? Um. Fuck. Like, Todd's tuckered out. To stand up. <laughs> oh my god. You'll see the result of the last two days of skating pretty soon. Because I didn't really sleep very well last night. I didn't. I, well... Because I drank a lot of coffee while we were doing that podcast, and then I, it was fucked because I felt really tired. Yeah, I had I that I couldn't too. actually fall asleep. Yeah, we drank coffee during the podcast. It was a bad feeling. No, I could easily... I, I know when I'm tired, my ears get red and hot, and that <laughs> means I'm all tuckered out. Get them tuckered out. I'm all tuckered out. That uh, Zacharias section was really sick in Cornbread. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, was th- I had that song in my head today when I was skating. I was thinking about it. Brian Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. Oh Lord, you know it ain't right. Good song. Make me feel this way. Yeah, I. I really liked his skating. I was thinking about it today. Yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could watch more sections like that because that, in my mind, that section is related to the Dustin Latimer. Yeah. Like the spirit of it, of the spirit of that Dustin Latimer section is there. Yeah. It. It's almost a pity that the the sections were like so not pity but like they were so serious like that video (laughs) (laughs) throw the cell phone I remember loving it like back but it's for, it's hard to watch now Cause that's, which is a pity because it's such that's good that's Shane skating. Coburn and his stupid fucking concepts yeah and now Shane Coburn like is whatever like doing his thing but I remember he like came back posted on BMEG like hey I'm working on a on this car site right now where you can do a customization profile so if you want to <laughs> do a pro like and, and yeah. he, people just laid into him like it's whatever it's cool that he did buying game but like to to go into the skating community and try and get them to help you out with like something that's not even related to it yeah. thinking that he could have used his notoriety for skaters to help him in other I don't know I just thought that was weird is it true that in that uh, that magazine you eight up six figures eight up 
there's that ad that says like mind game was a net worth a million dollars a million dollars I thought that was really interesting I don't know I did either way it made me think a lot because I also heard like I remember hearing that all the mind game writers made six figures is that true six figures I don't know who who knows who knows that's those guys well that would be something that would be amazing to find out because they mind game was was the biggest company think about how many people had fucking mind game t-shirts and that was when rolling not huge but they sold a lot of t-shirts and and they had the best if they had Brian Shima John Elliott Dustin Latimer, yeah. Aaron Feinberg. To and that get was those still guys when video to... sales were at a prime. Like I wonder how, no, many, no, video how sales. many copies of Brain Fear Gone. Brain Fear Gone was still on VHS. VHS. It would have sold sales were high. How many copies of Brain Fear Gone were what sold? What an interesting I bet a era. lot. Brain Fear Gone? Brain the video Brain Fear Gone. I, I bet I it sold so. like I bet it sold like ten thousand or at least or more. Brain Fear Gone? Fifteen thousand. Yeah, but then you can't like where does your profit come obviously that's profit on video but like like how many wheels were they selling in t-shirts like what kind of profit are we talking about just based on soft goods and and I guess beanies and hoodies and all that shit like yeah be, if you have the best guys in the game and you come up with a really good video like a lot of clothing a lot of wheels everyone wanted a mind game shirt like people still want mind game shirts <laughs> bring mind game back bring <laughs> who says that bring it back <laughs> that sh- that ship was that ship was sinking ever since bang is still a good video I'll give it that but that ship was sinking yeah for a long bang. time Dustin Latimer's section in bang is amazing his section in accidental <laughs> yeah. machines is amazing his bang section is so really good yeah. Feinberg section too although it's like you get a little bit of that business blading vibe in it Feinberg section is really good too really good it's not like great but D- Dustin Latimer's section it's almost all it's like a park section filmed in ditches does uh Feinberg have a section in the new Inri video apparently yeah shit and it's out it's Revolution has it they're the only right. shop that has it but I don't want to when you order one video from the states it's like $50 or whatever so yeah Leon is but, supposed to be getting it and my shirts are supposed to be in Leon's order. <laughs> Why would they be in Leon's order? It's, I don't know. Because Leon lives in Canada. He can just, like, walk over to your house and give it to you, right? Hey, Joey, I got your I got your shirts. I'll just, like, walk the two blocks. Apparently. In Canada, eh? It's my, a really small place, eh? <laughs> Apparently, I'm getting shirts and videos Damn. in Leon's order. But maybe Leon doesn't even have an order. <laughs> Who knows? I want those shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joey wants his shirts, okay? <laughs> send Joey his I shirts. See, send me the Inri video, too, because I want to see that. Yeah, send me the Inri video. Okay, I, I was going to list off the videos that I wanted to watch. In the Inri video, the shock video was supposed to come out. That sucks. That website sucks now, too. That website used to be awesome. Now stopped, it sucks. Stopped caring. Okay, yeah, maybe it doesn't suck, but they just don't update it. Like they were, there some of their content was awesome. 
And now I don't know what happened. Where's It'd be the a hard thing to keep up, like updating something like every day. Like you got to give the roller news guy credit, like well, every just, day he. But he just takes other shit. people's, like yeah. But still, still even, still just scouring and knowing where shit is, and I bet like people send him the stuff, but every day he's got to like. I always think that he has a through, team working for this, him. Do this, maybe. But no. I Unless his, do you think it's just him combing, all, like he his work is to comb boards and and a lot look of people just send it and, to him too. Oh yeah, that's true. Send the news. Yeah. But I but and then he just he probably gets up, a lot of crap and he just like filters. But he puts up stuff now that people don't send to him, and that's been the latest yeah. controversy. Well, he's he's out there. He, if he sees something good on a site, he'll yeah. just put it up on his site. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, I, I look at it like the rollerblading tabloids now, because there is also that theory I talked about on the other podcast that he's the one creating comments that provoke. Oh, interesting. So he like fuels the fire. Yeah. He tries to get the comments up. <laughs> Maybe. Wouldn't that be smart? I would be smart. <laughs> like, he'll pull... This is where it started to get, like, the tabloid vibe. He'll pull, like, a pro's Facebook status update and take, like, a, a screen cap of it and circle it in red or something like that. And he's all, he's also, like, taken comments and posted it as a screen cap under an edit or something like that. Smart. Like, he's getting really smart in terms of, like, getting people to check back. It's like, yeah. it's like rollerblading junk, junk food. It's like the the OK magazine or whatever it's like yeah. you just want to look away but you can't sometimes yeah I rarely check roller news now I do it um probably fucking do it once a day still just in case I'm such a fan of roller as much as I like or I said this like it seems like I hate rollerblading but I hate rollerblading quote unquote yeah. And I love the activity of rollerblading, but I, the culture makes me really mad. Yeah. But I always check roller news because there are those, like, like the the PJ, the Paul John. Yeah. In re-edit, like, there's stuff that every once in a while squeaks through that is really thought-provoking and well done. The Colin Kelso edit was... What did you think of that, by the way? I just love Colin Kelso's skating. Yeah. Um... um let me think. It's always pleasurable to watch him skate. Yeah. I didn't think it was... <laughs> his nymphs. His nymph section is, has amazing. high replay value still. Yeah, amazing. Do you, do you listen to that song a yeah. lot? <laughs> yeah. I listen so to that good. song all the time. It gets me stoked. I love it. And the... It's too bad that they cut out the... I guess it was the right thing to do in terms of the section started off. But when you... Did you get, like, the song off iTunes or whatever? No, or I just stream it. You stream it? Yeah. Does it have the intro with the guy talking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, did I talk about was this with you? It's it's a religious, like, it's I think it's got Christian yeah. lyrics. You can hear it, yeah. But the actual song is so badass. It's so good, yeah. Put them in fear, oh lord. <laughs> is it? Let them... Realize they are in, eh, just men or not gods or something like that. I swear this is like I'm. I really want to, hopefully, do that Colin Kelso 
questions thing, like send him questions. He, yeah. I want to ask him about like cho- choosing that song because I swear he's making a statement about being a pro skater with that song choice. Not only was it badass, but the lyrics, like he was very carefully chooses his songs and. Mm. It'd be awesome to talk to. We talked about this today. It'd be awesome to talk to him, have him on the podcast. I really want to talk. Uh, I got a Skype headset. Nice. So maybe I can do. I don't know how. If anyone wants to like, tell us if you're still listening to tell us how we can record. I can probably just look it up. Yeah, but I yeah want it's to probably know. pretty easy on Skype. Yeah, because then we can really open up the floodgates. Yeah. We were also talking about though maybe people don't want to be on the podcast. Because a lot might of people be, don't. We be pre- I don't know like we think we might be unpredictable. They think that we might be unpredictable to talk to. I think we talked about this today. I think a, ro- a lot of rollerbladers are like touchy or not touchy, but they wouldn't want to talk about certain things or but what kinds of things maybe 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 not maybe we're just reading into it yeah but it from what from what we've seen of what rollerbladers say they yeah. never say anything it's rare to hear a really honest like you would never hear a pro skater talk about how sometimes they're like self-conscious of when they're skating or you know like I don't know that's amazing stuff honest to talk things about, like though. that there's just you know there's a certain tone like yo what's up this is blah blah I got the new skate we're gonna try it out peep the edit you know like, there's those the things on one where it was like it was the iChat things of like oh man <laughs> <laughs> Those were interesting, really interesting. It's like um, it's like the Alice Cooper thing, you know, like play the part, play the part, but the part doesn't exist, but play the part. Especially, it's just a fucked up thing that rollerblading is a career for some people. It's a, <laughs> it is. That's how. Like their their place in rollerblading is how it it makes it so they don't have to go to a job. Yeah, well, but like so th- if they lose that, then it's like a bubble. You know, they're in a bubble and they don't want the bubble to pop. You know what's cool is like people like Aragon or Happy that they live fairly comfortably. But because they, they, they pride themselves in being the best at what they do in that within that structure, or whatever. Like, they are really, really, really good at what yeah. they do, and not they probably get decent pay, monthly paychecks or whatever from their companies because they're assets to yeah. the company selling products. But on top of that, like, they want to win their contest to get, so the they money, get the money, so they can live comfortably yeah like it's Haffy and Aragon are always in the top quite often in the top three they they gotta get that money yeah like right now that's crazy like (laughs) that is so weird though at the same time what would they though they've made a choice and I wonder how often they think about I think they've answered questions like this before that like just say skating is my focus for now I'll worry about it when I can 
skate anymore. Like yeah. I think they've answered that whatever before. They, they could af- be like really are they afraid of losing that? Like are they afraid of say they got hurt, really hurt, and then they just couldn't skate and well they maybe they could but not at that level. That is are they afraid of that happening? Are they afraid of losing rollerblading? Are they afraid of having to do They wouldn't answer else? that question like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't you, answer you that question that. honestly. They would they would have like Who knows? maybe they would it, but yeah, I don't it's think very so. political. Sorry, it's a bit <laughs> exactly. very, very political, political on how you're supposed it's to It's like talking things. to a politician almost. You couldn't ask a politician like, what are your fears? What, <laughs> what keeps you up at night? <laughs> Those, you know? Or if you did ask, ask them that, you would get a really rehearsed... Ask me, ask me a question. Ask me a question. I'll try. Joey, what are you ashamed of? You know, I'm not ashamed of anything. I just try and skate and, like, hang out with my friends and... Uh, <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be anything, and like, if I was, I I don't think I'd be ashamed of that. Was that a good answer? That was pretty good. Ask me one. Uh. So like, what, what, uh, what's a regular day of what's like a day like for you? Well, you know, uh, I just I. Just, usually just wake up and you know I want to go out and, and make something happen you know so I usually go out and get a filmer try to get a couple clips you know stop by stop by the 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 the, the, the warehouse pick up some products you know help out where I can like you know talk talk to talk to the manager of the team and then you like get something to eat usually I like hang out I like to hang out with my boys you know probably go for a skate and then, uh, you know, like to watch a movie at night. And, you know, that's about it. Just like pretty chill. <laughs> I was waiting for chill. I knew that was coming. You got to throw in chill. We had a chill day. You know, it, you know it's pretty chill. You know, just... Uh, do you want to... Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, uh, what it's like to ride for this current boot company you know like they put out a really good product they treat me well it's a really fun group of boys that I like hanging out with like all the boys on the team are like really cool like we get together we're like friends you know it's like hanging out with your friends and just having a good time you know so like it's just it's a good thing <laughs> ask me one ask me one more um, what, what's going through your head like when you're at a contest and like there's there's all these people watching you and they have an expectation of, uh, of your skating. How do you, uh, how do you react to that? I just fucking do what I know I can fucking do. Like, sometimes, I just, there's shit that I know that I can do and I just start vibing with like, hanging out with, you know, I just like hanging out with my friends and skating so I try and fucking do that when I fucking do I'm at a fucking contest. <laughs> sick. That's sick. <laughs> I don't even know if we're doing it good, but we could be. It's fun. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask you one more, but you have to change your character this time. <laughs> you have to change um, your okay, character. Okay, okay. Because I've been kind of like a like a black. Yeah. Dude. 
Okay. Yeah. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> That's my when, athlete what is voice. When, well, you know, when, you guys try, when you guys try and talk like black people, <laughs> you sound like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> that's really true. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So, okay. Uh, um, yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, what, what's it like? What's it like traveling? For skating. What's it like? What's it like traveling? Yeah. Uh, yeah, tra- traveling for skating is always really tight. You know, uh, it's an American voice. It always comes out <laughs> as an American voice because that's that's what we grew up listening American. to. And that's the funnest voice because it's like you know traveling's always really tight. Like I said, like the boys are really sweet to hang out with, and you know we just like it's constant jokes. You know we just joke around on plane and shit, and like we just like chilling, lots of chilling, lots of skating. You just go to really nice skate parks, do some skating, get some clips, <laughs> and hang out. It's it's tight, you know. Awesome! I'm like, enlightened now. Do you ever feel pressure? Is it ever not fun to go out and try to get clips? Like, are you ever not in the mood to get clips? <laughs> like, I'm just saying, oh, like, like, oh. um, like, that type of question is never, like, posed. And would they be angry that you asked that type of question? Because maybe it's true, and maybe they don't want to fucking... Look, cut this off. What the fuck you asked me, dude? I'm a fucking pro skater, okay? What the fuck is going on, dude? You trying to fucking ruin me? <laughs> what kind of shit is this? Yo, I don't know anything about your fucking podcast. <laughs> but this is why I don't fucking work with amateurs. <laughs> uh, like, there... I think... We said it... We said it in the last podcast, but... I think that that should be very deeply explored, that idea of, of insecurity. Like, uh, that, I guess there's been questions asked, like, how do you address people? Like, I should have asked you that question, but, like, they've tried and ask, like, how do you address people that look down on the sport or whatever? Some, sometimes, like, yeah, yeah. the questions are designed to get, like, a pro roller. Like, not, not I'm talking about I'm a pro, like, a pro yay rollerblading inspire everyone yeah yeah answer and like, there would be pressure to give there would be that pressure to give response. that answer but why can't you just like say like I, I don't know rollerblading is still only 17 years old we're still I don't think yeah. it has much of an identity so I can understand why people might like see us see us on the street and laugh or be confused like you never fucking get that answer no. you always get like a well Rollerblades always if, if the only, sickest thing if, out there. If only they just knew like what it what it was like on the inside, or saw more if it was on television. Like I don't think that yeah, would like fucking change that much. Like no, I heard a really great um, uh, example of like okay, Montre people like people go nuts over the technicalities, technical nuances of skating, and it's just this like tunnel vision of okay so they've done 720s to grind it's amazing whatever but people would lose it like if someone did a 900 to a grind people would go nuts and try and post it on their like skateboarder friends facebook page or like look at this yeah look at this and it's like okay so 
do you re- like people robot is oh my god 900 to grind Every- once people see this once people see this it's gonna happen everyone like finally people will respect me when I go to the skate park and I'm skating around and it's like okay so someone's already done 720 to grind you're talking about if you add an extra 180 in that people are gonna lose their shit People haven't lost their shit on the 720 to ground, but a 900 to ground, they're going to lose their shit. The whole thing's going to blow that's up. Gonna like, blow. That's the direction that Put it that keeps on going. TV. Like. If, you, if there was a 900 to grind on TV, people would know. People would be like, oh, shit. That's I, great. I saw that program where the skateboarder did this uh, thing to the... the like, he did a spin thing, and then he landed. And I can't remember if he slid... I, or he just... He, he did was going spin really and he landed fast. Down it was and, just crazy. I... Do you do do you do the, the on the on the, the on the cup the thing, the, the thing? those uh those the pipe eight? I've seen the have you seen they skate the tube the whole, a whole tube have you seen do you you don't do that do you there was a thing on the news uh, satellite debris where they show some wild sports there was this uh, snowboarder or skier fellow I'm not sure what it was and he did this big jump. Really big, <laughs> and they were doing flips. You do, you do do flips. You gotta be crazy to be into that kind of stuff. You gotta be a little crazy. <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna hurt yourself. You're getting old. Maybe you're not gonna do that for much longer, are you? What would it take? Okay, so like, like that character that that. Like, you know, just someone who watches the news and likes to read the newspaper and isn't super into the internet or anything might be older, like dads and aunties yeah. and grannies and grandpas and stuff like that. Well, are you what, asking what would it take for them to enjoy it? What would it take for something to stick? Or do things I, not even stick anymore? I fucking stand by my idea for the obstacle course. I think the, we need an obstacle course and it's timed and there's like crazy wipeouts and... Oh, I love this wipeout show, and it's like. Do you realize that like how much the pro skaters that that do the interviews or whatever would hate that show? <laughs> but I think they would be on the. General. They could be on the show and make well, money yeah, from it. Exactly. A lot of rollblades would be really un- feel really uncomfortable about. I it thought that idea was brilliant. I think it's a really good idea. There used to be there was Blade Warriors. There was yeah. a show called Blade Warriors. So, how did that work? Did you have to get away from the warriors? Uh, like, they would tackle you? It was like an earlier form of... You can find some of it online. And it was cool. I got to talk to Mo and Blade. Yeah, because Mo was on Mo it. Mo was on it. Yeah. Blade was on it. They, they totally created... Man, those guys, I could have, like... I wish I could have, like, picked those guys' brains forever. Like, Mo was there in the fucking very beginning like he was in Venice he was one of the first people who was into inline skating because he was a quad skater I think before he was inline who lived in Venice lived it knew saw the the rides like made a living as a oh big time so he was on Blade Warriors he was on Chris Mitchell was on Blade Warriors uh, Corey Miller like lots of like the early like what was the format of the show again it was like derby. I don't know. You can like we can look yeah. it up on YouTube, or you can look it up on YouTube, or whatever. Was it like a race? It, or? it was like a 
it was the same thing where it's like a slanted dome and there I think there was ramps and you could like you could go up a ramp and get speed to like there was people would get body checked and stuff like that and there was team like team names with crazy logos and stuff and yeah. it was like American Gladiators with inline skating but what you're thinking of is a little bit more of like an updated it's like Wipeout with inline skates yeah I think it could be because the the Red Bull the crashed ice thing is apparently really big like yeah. it's really popular like it's so funny there's people who would do that who would hate rollerblading there's people who yeah. do Red Bull crushed ice and don't see the correlation but, and it's because it's because rollerblading has nothing like Red Bull crushed ice or whatever but it should it would be amazing it should have a downhill obstacle course yeah. event like just with speed, they, the and downhill. I um they had it in the first X Games, and yeah, it would be a cool event. But I really no, think no, like a no, crazy I... obstacle course would really grab people with speed still. Lots of speed, yeah. But but manipulating like really dangerous kind of weird terrain. Um, so from there though, like, and there could even be stuff that was like moving. Like it, it could be really ridiculous. This is what's really interesting though. <laughs> and so for that audience that I was talking about, the people who really watch television, like yeah. people's parents or whatever, like. Yeah. Does that just create a novelty factor for inline skating, or does that give someone an appreciation for, or does it at least give them a reference point that would be beyond inline skating or rollerblading? I guess it is. It would be somewhat novelty, but it has the potential to to look so like to. Be this really impressive sport because people sit at home and watch figure skating. Yeah, that's people true. like watching figure skating. That's true. MTV Sport and Music Festival had a, a course that was really close to that. It was on a it was on a light downhill slant. Do you remember that? There's some cool footage online of I think Louis has a run on it and it's yeah. amazing. It was like it was like a very mild downhill yeah. with obstacles like, with a start and a finish line. Yeah. And it was really cool. That would be good. But I still, yeah. I, I like that I idea. I still think a, a like a timed race. Because people like, like, oh, he did it a minute. Let's see if this guy can beat it. He's got to beat the time of one minute. And here comes Crazy Dave on the, <laughs> on the plate. Crazy Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm Crazy Dave. Is that, did you go... I'm a pro skater. Did you think of Dave because of Super Dave Osborne? <laughs> I don't, subconsciously? I don't know where Crazy Dave came from. Career comes Crazy Dave. <laughs> That's in your pitch. There'd be this guy, Crazy Dave. He would, he'd be crazy. He'd be crazy. Okay, like tattoos, tank top, wallet tank chain. top. Dave is crazy. Not a wife, Peter. Tank top. Tank top. Dave wears a tank top and he has tattoos and he's crazy. He's crazy, Dave. Okay, uh, and with take away the uh, take away the obstacle course idea. Yeah. What else would be? But what are you asking? Like, what, what would what image of skating? What uh, what would stick to someone like that? What would be something where it's like. What would make think, them like, want to do it, or make Sean, them like Sean White, Sean White snowboarding in the Olympics? His run was fucking crazy. Like snowboarding yeah. being in the Olympics, half pipe, 
that is like a legitimized thing where like a lot of people I think saw like snowboarding on half pipe in the Olympics and it was crazy like how big the half pipe was and how big they were going so inline skating where to where does it like what would be a thing that would be a reference point for that everyday person super you need a superstar a superstar yeah yeah, super. I guess because I said Sean White. Yeah. And if I would have said you need skateboarding, I would have said Tony Hawk. You need a um, Matt Hoffman. Matt Hoffman. Who's the skiing superstar? Tanner Tanner Hall was the skiing. He was like the go-to. Um, I'm not. Does skiing have? I don't think skiing has like a Tanner Hall. Fair, uh, like, but he, that's not a household name. Yeah, that's true. But he is the biggest. He the reference point. I I don't know who Tanner Hall. Hey, that's good. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, and then what other Matt Hoffman? Does does snowboarding and skiing have like a, a household name? Sean White. Yeah, Sean White. For snowboarding. For snowboarding. And now there's like there's a guy there's like the heir to to Tony Hawk's throne would be that uh, what the fuck is that kid's name? Um, I wanted to say Justin Bieber. <laughs> similar deal. It, he had the TV show. Uh, Ryan Sheckler yeah he's just not I can see like lots of kids connecting with him and getting into it but it's not attracting the same didn't Justin Bieber skateboard or appeared to skateboard or something like that I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't even if fucking know the skateboard. I didn't even fucking know who Justin Bieber was for the longest time. I had no idea, and people would be referencing him. I don't know his music. I know what he looks like. You see his posters. You've heard it subconsciously really. in so stores or whatever. It. Oh god. But, I okay. So, what other go-to sports are like? Mountain biking. That I can't even remember his name. Well, there's. The, the mountain biking, the skiing, I guess they've just been... Biking in general has been around for so long. Yeah. That, and, and it was, like, one of the first devices that you could, like, go fast on and you could just go out your house and ride on. It's got deep roots in the culture, so it's 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 fine. Skiing has been around for a, a long, long time. I was, like, one of the first around before snowboarding. and. Oh, yeah. That was the first extreme sport yeah what are we uh where were we going with that <laughs> where like talking about a superstar oh yeah you said a superstar so it's, it needs a superstar well it's not gonna get talking one. about two different things like like how do you get more people wanting to do the activity not even that just like a cultural reference point because the cultural reference point for rollerblading or inline skating is a recreational activity yeah it's funny we've had those cultural like there's been movies like there was airborne we but they were all from the fucking 90s and it's it's been passed off as a fad because there hasn't been any torch passing because it's just like there's no it it needs to go it's gonna be like a cyclical thing where there will be those things again probably but that's those are 90s movies. Brink yeah. and Airborne are nine. Br- Airborne is I guess those were the things that spurred like, that first boom yeah. of skating. And then there was nothing to like keep it going because 
everyone just got really lazy about it. It's so funny, like, people talk about rollerblading's dying or whatever. Rollerblading's dead. Yeah. To the world, it's pretty much dead. And it comes down to that cultural reference point. There could be a, such a cool rollerblading movie, like an update of Airborne. There could be. Yeah. Because Airborne, it was distinctly rollerblading in that movie. Like, Chris Edwards, there's a down, an amazing downhill yeah, scene, man. and like, it I'm made people... Airborne now. <laughs> it's a cool movie, too. Mitchell Goosen, the, the character, um, he was like a spiritual surfer, laid-back hippie dude who was uh, Gandhi like he quotes Gandhi and yeah. like quotes these he's from California he's from California and he was non-violent and he always did the right thing and like you gotta watch the movie cause like the there's good stuff in it yeah. the don't fight what was it Jacob on BMAG did like the quote that he it's his he always cites the Mitchell Goosen quote from Airborne as our our idea of there being a fight with skateboarding like or sorry the feud between skateboarding and it's like uh mitchell has this dream wakes up in the middle of the night and he's talking to seth green remember seth green yeah and he's like this wave it was like the big biggest wave i've ever seen in the, in my life and he wanted to ride the wave obviously you have to watch the movie but yeah. there was this shark named peppy that was like telling him it's like no man this is my wave, this is my wave, and he didn't want Mitchell to ride the wave. And then the greatest piece of like wisdom, the theme of the movie or whatever, it's you don't have to fight the shark to fight for the wave. That's like, that is what Jacob always references to. Interesting. Do you get it though? Like, like you don't have to fight the person on there the doesn't even There doesn't you have to be a feud. There doesn't have to be a feud. To even for that wave, even yeah. for even for what you want to do, you don't. There doesn't even have to be a few. Yeah. The chart can be there, but if you think about it, then you're just giving into it. Yeah, I think just distract oh, but, you from riding the wave. Yeah. What do you think of that? That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> but I I find that relates to like how what we were saying today about if you like quickly like glance at the person when you're downtown and place place a thought that you think they're thinking in your mind that's the same thing yeah like there's just this this weird chip on your shoulder or gaping hole <laughs> yeah I always what is it it's like I don't have a chip on my shoulder from growing up a rollerblader I have a gaping hole on my shoulder from being <laughs> growing up a soul. Uh, to end it off, if you were to uh, make a rollerblading movie, so if, if there was a like a Hollywood producer came up <laughs> oh or Disney God. or whatever, and don't even think about producers making you change the script and shit like that, because that's yeah. a nightmare. What would the story be? How would you? Oh God. Those you might come up with something really good because you're so tired. Of, like. Not even the story, or how would you do it? Like, the type what, of what would your idea be? I would make it really like a city, like a picture of a city, with 
like a very futuristic kind of city. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. Fa- maybe it's based in the future. That would be interesting. It's kind of a different you know, a different world, like a kind of an alien world, and maybe it's the past, and maybe maybe it's the future. <laughs> I keep telling you, you gotta watch Star Wars. What are the first words on the screen of Star Wars? Brilliant. Uh, you know. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. What a great way to start a fucking story. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Interesting, yeah. You gotta watch Star Wars. I keep telling, I, or what was it? I was getting up on the, but keep going. I'll do this. Keep going. So it's, so it's a, it's a really futuristic world, and I would, I would make rollerblades. They would be very like. Alien almost. I mean, they already are pretty alien. Yeah. But the technology would look really kind of like... Organic. Different, like techy in a weird kind of way. Like maybe organic. Where That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, maybe organic. <laughs> okay, I'm agreeing okay. with you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's like surgically. The roll blades are like you, a part of the people. Or a you part the, of one person. This makes me think of something. And you can keep going. This makes me think of something. You were the first person who I ever heard, because I hadn't thought of this, where it's like, I don't know if you made a drawing of it or you were talking about it, this idea of like a foot with flesh wheels coming out of the bottom, like calloused yeah. skin or something that could that had adapted to roll on different surfaces. Yeah. Like your, your bones like form the structure of the wheel with like hard, hard. fleshy wheels. Yeah. So it's a part of your body. And you would actually... You would use them. You can use that shit on like grass, and like you wouldn't have to worry about bearings or anything. You'd have these weird. Well, they'd, yeah, they'd be flesh wheels. So, anyways, go flesh on. Flesh wheels. Yeah. So, so yeah. Maybe there's a certain race of people who have the flesh wheels, or maybe there's just one person that has the flesh wheels, and so they have to deal with everyone. They're basically a freak. Like basically. People are threatened by them, intrigued, but mostly like they get hostility or whatever in this world. And it's just about them dealing with this world where they're freakish and yeah, they're yeah. put down. And for the you know, for for most of the movie, they would be very timid and they would believe that they were like they were they'd be ashamed of them. They would go through all the like, oh, this is why am I like this? Why am I different, Dad? What? <laughs> Does he have a dad? Maybe. Or does he does he even know where he comes from? (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe maybe he doesn't have a reference to his family. Maybe he was just like dropped off, or maybe he had he's he's adopted. He was taken in, and (laughs) I don't know. But guess what? Eventually, eventually the wheels become the a, a way for him to like do good and like help. The, the world or help people. <laughs> Mitchell Goosen does that at the end of Airborne. <laughs> With his blades? Yeah, because he he uh, <laughs> he helps them and he wins the downhill race. To they, you just gotta watch everyone. But you, that is a cool script, and it's so actually I wrote something in school called "The Man with Wheels Attached to His Feet." That is so close to what yeah, yeah. you said, like closer, but. Um, 
like to would there be a part where he would want to maybe get them amputated or something like that? Where maybe, he would yeah. consider getting them amputated? Yeah. I always think about this character having maybe a try to hide them. Like maybe there would be an, a scene where he's like awkwardly walking, like he's trying to walk like normal people. You know? That's cool. But, like, but it, you know when you walk in rollerblades and... It looks so, it looks so funny. Awkward. When you do anything in rollerblades, it looks really funny. <laughs> yeah. But he would, like, be trying to hide the fact that he has them because he doesn't want to be different. That is cool. Then, like, like, the science fiction Who, who wants to walk when you can play, <laughs> dude? <laughs> On the poster, who wants to walk when you... Or why walk when you can play? When you can what would play. this movie be called? good with titles <laughs> oh come on uh, okay. you're feeling the resistance <laughs> what, what would be the title um, the, first, <laughs> the first couple things that come to mind are like blade man blade world but that's really <laughs> blade world <laughs> blade world it wouldn't be blade world though well it's his world, world his world would be blade yeah. world what would it be like the It would be like a, it'd be painted, its marketing campaign would be like a science fiction movie, pretty much. Like, would you, yeah. would you dub it science fiction? Yeah. What a great... I really like, uh, sorry, I really like the idea of them not being like a, a role play that's like organically attached to this freak of a person who is, like, that's their body. I, my I script, like that. I had a B-movie title spin for my script, and it was just called The Man with Wheels Attached to His Feet. That's good. That's a good name. And I wasn't steering you in the direction of my... Because my vision, it, it would be similar, but a little bit different. But that was... Or I, like, I would change it to, like, The Man with Wheels on His Feet. Not, like, like attached to his feet. The man just because I see it as being, like... I would want the wheels. What about wheel foot? Part of him. Wheel foot. It almost has like a native, native vibe to wheel it. Wheel foot. No, that's. Who is? Who is he? You would call him wheel foot. <laughs> I copied the starting of the script. I copied. Um, have you seen? The. This is where I took the name too. The man. God, that David Bowie science fiction movie. Have you watched that? Maybe if you... The man... Is it the one with, um... The man who fell to juggler? earth. The Michael... No, that's Labyrinth. That movie was amazing, too. Anything um, that David Bowie's in is awesome. What, what's the movie called? The Man Who Fell to Earth. The Man Who Fell to Earth. That sounds familiar. That movie is fucking amazing. It's, it's an alien who comes to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a cool idea for a movie. And it's... Oh, it's... Culturally, lots of stuff has been, lots of directors and things, it's been stolen from quite a bit because it's not as well known. David Bowie's an alien who comes to Earth because the people on his family, on his planet where he comes from, they need water and he, he's coming to Earth to take water, but he needs to like, he needs to figure out a way to get like a massive supply of water. So he needs to kind of become a human a little bit. And then he fucking starts moving up in the business. He's really intelligent. And he starts moving up in the business world and starts making a lot of money. And the end of the movie, 
he's just an elderly alcoholic businessman who never goes back and his his family his people on his home planet die because he became a human like a shitty human being awesome isn't that a cool fucking idea yeah it's instead of the opposite of like he you think it's this hero but yeah he becomes like he just gets sucked into like the human the way yeah so there's a lot in there but that that movie inspired me in el topo inspired me and if it was like like a some kind of being from like I like the idea of someone coming to a place from another place like they and they don't know how they got there yeah and then they have like it was a similar thing like they have these wheels and then they have to live and not only are they not they're not from this place but they have something that's going to affect the way their interactions are so it's pretty close to yours but you didn't even say like where the person came from like they could have been adopted so that backstory could have easily that'd be a cool movie and it would also be it would also be interesting to explore like if the if the skates were like chained to a person if they were like a boot oh like it was a curse it, it was like locked to you some kind of like you could twist it to be like some fucked up like you know like the cube where they just wake up in this you have you seen the cube that's a cool oh that movie um, they wake up in this it wasn't an amazing movie but it stuck with me because it's just an interesting concept at the end of that movie like sorry if i'm ruining the movie and i i i didn't want to ruin like the man who fell to earth but like that's not the ending obviously is the experience where you get from point a to point b but at the end of cube wasn't it the person that was hand like that had down syndrome or were handicapped that Got out. Got out. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. What Pretty a fucked up. cool idea that. But was. what if, what if like just a bunch of people like they just wake up in this weird place and they just have these roll blades just like chained to their feet and they can't get them off. Where are they though? <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, I don't know. Uh. chamber of some kind so it'd be like a big I haven't seen kind of, Saw or whatever but it'd it be like it'd be kind of like Saw maybe it's like a horror type they, they wake up they got these boots on with wheels and there's like a, they're just at the top of a big hill <laughs> and there's a crazy like voice that just says welcome <laughs> do not try to remove the boots like I haven't you I haven't seen <laughs> voice <laughs> Do not try to remove the blades. They've been chained to your feet. To to get out, uh, you must go down the hill. And that's where you have, like, the really stereotype, like, there's five... Get me out of here! ...bad, like, there's, like, then you structure humanity after these five characters. Like, there's the one hero guy, and there's the one neurotic guy and like the younger person the hot girl. chick yeah the really <laughs> the older, crazy the, a big buff guy that's just like fuck this man I'll get these blades off and he's like I bust this and you gotta throw some color in there too you gotta be politically correct there needs to be some different nationalities yeah among them too. too like a, there's always there's gotta be an Asian guy who's he would be really good on the blades. The yeah, obviously. Guy. 
be fucking amazing. That's a cool movie. I, it's, this makes me want, I wish I could make this, make a movie. Like, even your idea, I would love to be able to make that. Do you realize, like, especially when you place inline skates in, like, the, it's like the hero's journey, so it's got, like, some Star Wars, but, yeah, like, you place something in a science fiction world, and it can be, it can totally cross, that's, science fiction movies are so cool, because they cross, they're a commentary on, they're always a commentary on society in, a, like, a hyper-real, or, like, a surreal world. Brazil, holy shit. That's like what was it? Paul always Jesus. talked about if he if Paul ever made a movie, I remember I asked him, if you ever made a movie like what what would you make? And he said he said whimsical science fiction. So like any Terry Gilliam movies. Yeah. Did you I haven't seen um oh I was asking you if you've seen have you seen the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus? It was like it was a Terry Gilliam movie. Um Heath Ledger died while he was filming that one and it was like um, Johnny Depp and uh, the dude who plays Iron Man what's that guy's name I don't know uh, and he was Sherlock Holmes anyways they finished his role like they changed the movie or whatever yeah. and the theme of that movie is really cool it's whimsical science fiction we can, we'll end it on this note but we're talking about like how you could just do creativity what was it you need to have money to get the things to do your creativity, right? Like, yeah. you need to be able to afford cameras and computers and People. you need to be able to eat and be comfortable and yeah. all that shit. And we were talking about, like, you could just go into the forest. And pens and papers would be really easy and you could, like, scavenge. You could draw or write. Just if you really needed to create on a super tight budget, you could. Yeah. Um, the theme of this movie is really cool because it's got like and it's important for this day and age it's the first movie that I ever saw that captured the theme like if you really need to create stuff you can go like on a street corner and and do your like there's not even go on a street corner there are ways to get your like what made me think of this is I can't make a crazy science fiction movie, or you can't, about rollerblading. But if you really wanted to, you can make a fucking comic book and put it online yeah. and design this entire world and the story and put it online and make it. And like, this was the first movie that I ever saw that said, like, we live in a time where it's going to be really hard to try and believe that you're still creative and, and you always think of external sources affect what you can put out into the world but we yeah. live in a time that you can do it on a small level no matter what like if if you had like a hundred thousand dollars and you made a movie and it was a flop and you thought that you could never make a movie again you could just take that and still be creative in some interesting direction no yeah. matter what and that's like so important so I don't know if I lost you but we can end it on that note that's a good note to end it on well 12.30. How bizarre. Two hours, holy fuck. How bizarre. How bizarre. How bizarre. Oh, one, two, three, four. Stop it now. One, two, three, four a.m. Gotta stop it. Is it one, two, three, four? We'll stop it at one, two, three, four.